0: Hi, guys. Welcome to The Dog Behind the Human with me, your host, Doug Coach Francis. If you like dogs, this is the show for you. Before we get started, I'm very happy to announce that The Dog Behind the Human podcast is now powered by Podmetrics. Podmetrics is a tool that will help collect your podcast data and put it in one place. Your one-stop shop for all podcast platforms, analytics like Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Chartable, Facebook, YouTube Livestream Info, and a record of your podcast ranking. Tracking your podcast growth has never been easier. Sign up at podmetrics.co and take the next step in your podcast journey with Podmetrics. All right, so for this podcast part of the podcast we are going to be interviewing jamie landers of north carolina so we're gonna be talking about canine degenerative myelopathy so this is a dreadful disease Um, it's just really heartbreaking to see your dog undergo through this and we are looking for those stories of people and their dogs and how they are going through this experience so each dog And each family will have to go through a lot just to, well, try to keep everything as it is. uh, And it's just really going to change a life. Uh, Unfortunately, there's not a lot of people who really understand this disease. And that's why we are dedicating this part of the podcast to bring awareness on what this is. And I had this experience with my dog, Poe, a golden retriever who died relatively young at around six years old, because he just had this. It just happened so suddenly and it was really heartbreaking for me. And we were able able to go through it and get past it. But during that time, it, it was just nothing but heartache. And now we would like to just bring awareness to people and well let them share their experience on what this is and how they are going through this so guys let's uh call into the show our guest jamie landers all right so jamie please uh share a little bit something about yourself
1: i'm a big sports fan go cubbies chicago Cubs.
0: (laughs) cool cool yeah Uh, Alright, and I understand, well, we met each other through the Canine Degenerative Myelopathy Support Group, right? So Mm -hmm. I had my fair share of experience about losing a dog because of this dreadful disease. And uh, the purpose of us doing this episode in the podcast is to just spread awareness. So I'm just really looking for people who can share their stories and try to educate people and at least from where I'm at here in the Philippines, there's not a lot of people who understand this disease. I mean, it became a worldwide phenomenon that everybody's aware of the ALS, which is almost right. comparable to this disease that we're talking about here. And people probably had that awareness already about what an ALS, or so at least the ice bucket challenge, at least they're right. familiar with that. Now um, about this disease, this is I'm not sure if it's really that rare, but there are a lot of cases, as we can see with the support group, there are dogs who's getting this disease, and a lot of people just don't understand what that is, right? So I would like to get to know more about your side of the story, about um what happened and how was it with you? How did you get past it? What were the struggles? And... What's your advice for pet parents who's probably experiencing the same heartache?
1: Okay. Well, it's one of the hardest things to watch a dog go through. I say it's the hardest thing to watch a dog go through. Um, My boxer tank has degenerative myelopathy. And when you say that to people, because they see my dog in the wheelchair, they see my dog in diapers, you really have to explain what it is. And the best way I can explain it is like when Superman Christopher Reeves got, you know, when he got thrown off the horse and didn't have the use of his legs anymore and, and stuff like that. But I mean, you mentioned ALS and that's very similar too. Mm-hmm. But we noticed um, in Tank a couple years ago now, maybe more than that. So he's been living with it for a while. Just his back legs, like mm-hmm. they would buckle. His His behind would like waver back and forth. And at first we just kind of thought he was tired or like maybe a hip dysplasia thing because that's pretty common in boxers. But then after doing some research, after going to the vet several times, we found out it was degenerative myelopathy and he's he's getting towards the end here now. And like I said, it's been at least a couple of years uh, since his diagnosis and I know that Like when you read about it, they say Mm -hmm. average lifespan is like a year after diagnosis. Mm -hmm. So like I said, he has his wheelchair, he's in diapers. I guess advice I would have, (laughs) definitely join the support group because um, you can see what other families are going through and and definitely know that you're not alone. Like every day in that group, like there's someone new with it. And I kind of thought it was rare, but Mm -hmm. I guess... I don't know the actual numbers, but there seems to be more and more people every day that are dealing with it.
0: Right, right. So what were the first symptoms? I mean, we usually know the symptoms, um, loss of coordination, but what were were the first symptoms with your dog?
1: The first thing we noticed, well, he would, I'm from, I live in North Carolina now, but we're from Illinois, and he would go Mm -hmm. to school um, at Illinois Wesleyan University. He would get to play all day with college kids, and they would do like, fun experiments with the dogs you know nothing invasive or anything like that (laughs) but he would just come home and not be able to move like he wouldn't be able to get out of the truck or we couldn't get him in the truck so it was just um a more tired dog and Mm -hmm. also like his his butt his behind would just he couldn't sit it still like he would always just kind of be wavering Mm -hmm. so that's kind of the very first sign where we were like oh this isn't this isn't right. Maybe we should get this checked out.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so as for me, my I noticed when we were playing ball with my dog, uh, my dog was a golden retriever. Mm-hmm. So you know how they love fetching balls. Oh, I yeah. just noticed that his hind leg was just really, well, he was just dragging his hind leg. It's as if he didn't know that he lost control over his hind leg. I mean, he couldn't feel anything, but he was still happy. And then eventually from one leg, it became two. And then that's when we know, we were really got worried about, hey, something's really wrong. Mm -hmm. And we actually went to the vet. We actually went to several vets. And again, here in the Philippines, there's not a lot of documented cases of dogs having this. And most of the documentation, at least when I was asking my vets, oh, it's just um, compressed this, uh, don't worry, it's just hip dysplasia. So those are the common diagnoses on these uh, conditions and when we, re- we were reading about it and then eventually found the support group, I think the symptoms that people are describing fits with the condition that Poe has. Yeah. And we were trying to ask, trying to provide more symptoms, more description of that disease and what we have read about to our vet, but they were completely dismissing it and they were just saying, no, 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 don't worry. We have previous case of a dog because of hip dysplasia. We're just gonna give you some glucosamine, Uh, supplements, I think that's what's commonly prescribed, right? Yeah, probably. So, And then we're just going to give you pain meds, but you can really see the difference, at least with the emotional and I think the mental agony that a dog is going through because they want to play but they can't do it anymore. They want to interact with you, of course, and then they just seem to have this kind of look that something is wrong, dad, and I'm trying to tell you, but I don't know how to tell you. So that was the heartbreaking part. So, Poe was relatively young at seven when this happened, or I think it was six when it happened. And again, you mentioned it usually just takes at least one year. But for us, it happened so quickly. In just a month or more than a month after developing the symptoms, we lost them. So, it was really that heartbreaking for us. And people just don't understand. They would go, what happened to Poe?" We saw the video. We also had a wheelchair, which we ordered for his birthday. Mm-hmm. and i i think the reason that i'm just really so passionate about trying to spread this word about this dreadful disease about degenerative myelopathy is i think we need to have a, a bit a bit more understanding so even the professionals our vets would also try to dig into this and then um, it won't be left in a corner when people would just don't care of course there's a lot of diseases that we have to fight to protect our dogs but Mm -hmm. This one really takes the cake because with other diseases, you know what's going to happen and you know the treatment is right. If you ask around, yeah, that's what my dog had too. Uh, If your dog had cancer, which is another dreadful disease, but at least the steps is constant everywhere, Right. right? There's a really set of standards that are being followed. But for this one, it's as if everybody's just trying to, do a shotgun approach. Oh, let's try this. Let's try this. It's, if you move to another vet, they would say, Oh, well, that doesn't seem right. Or maybe that was right, but Hey, I'd like to try this. So it becomes trial and error and pet parents are left hanging on whom do I believe and what's going on. And that's why the support group was a big help because we understand each other, even though other people and even some professionals, I'm not going to say it, that all of the professionals don't know what they're doing but i'm pretty sure they know what they're doing however they're looking at a different disease which fits the same symptoms but for us the family the pet parents that are really affected we know that hey something is off right right i don't think that fits so that that's maybe just a it might come out as a rant but um that's how we felt. We felt frustrated. It's as if I don't think my vet really understands what's going on. I've been trying to explain, but I don't know how, right, to really get it, make it across. And hopefully, one of these podcasts is uh, sent out there, and someone gets to listen and then look into it, and then try to probably spread the word about what uh, degenerative myelopathy is. All right. So, um, Jamie, what were the Treatment procedures that were advised to you in trying to address this issue. Because for us, what we did was we were advised to go for an X-ray, we were advised a to purchase a pool, we purchased all those expensive supplements that they were prescribing. And it's just a bummer because it's as if it's everything was just to waste. But anyway, so what happened? What was the treatment for? We know there's no treatment, but we're, what were the medical steps taken to try to address, at least elevate the life of uh, um, your un- dog?
1: Unfortunately, my vets, like we went to a couple of them and they basically just said, there's nothing we can do. So just try to make hmm. them as comfortable as possible. So then that's when I got on the Internet for hours and hours and hours <laughs> and did <my> own research. <laughs> so that's when we decided to get, you know, get the wheelchair and... Uh, Well, I have a little, my big boxer tank who has the degenerative myelopathy, we've got a little boxer boy who's in here with me now, Um, (laughs) but he has, he was born with hip dysplasia and all sorts of problems. He's a rescue. So uh, we kind of looked into what we do for him as far as like water therapy and acupuncture and stuff like that. And from my, from the research, from what the doctors say, it's, it's not really going to help. So we just, kind of try to make Tank as comfortable as possible, keep him mobile as possible with the wheelchair. But yeah, I really, like none of the doctors that we went to could really tell you anything. And Mm -hmm. like, I know it's, you know, they've got to do the genetic test. I think it's something where geneticists and veterinarians really need to get on the same page and kind of teach each other about what to do maybe Mm -hmm. for it. Um, Degenerative myelopathy is very preventable, but we just need the breeders, I'm, a, I'm you know? a rescue dog person, but if, you know, <laughs> if all the breeders got on board with that, then these dogs wouldn't be suffering anymore. So that's what right. makes me the most angry is it's 100% preventable, but yet we still have dogs every day that get diagnosed.
0: Right. So, so you mentioned the breeders and I completely agree, especially now because of the power of the internet, which we really appreciate because we can actually talk to each other now, even though you're in uh, North Carolina, right? Right. And we can communicate with each other. We can actually reach out to more people even with the pandemic going on around the world. However, because of the internet, there's also a bigger demand and another outlet for puppy millers or probably backyard breeders to just do their thing and then just breed without really doing DNA tests or trying to go through all the medical procedures just to make sure that their puppies are healthy. And I suspect, and this is just me, the one reason why we are getting more diagnosis of just diseases that were really almost unknown, uh, even DM, is because we have more puppy millers. Exactly. Uh, you can just easily get a puppy anywhere in the world just by going on to Facebook. Of course, Facebook made a new rule that you cannot sell puppies. But again, we don't know what's going on during the private messages. And this is just really sad. And this is also concerning for me because as a uh, dog professional, uh, I do train dogs, by the way. So I'm seeing more dogs that are having health issues and some dogs that are behaving completely different from what we know of. Like golden retrievers who are not behaving like golden retrievers. Um, Labradors who are starting to be aggressive. and some boxers, which is, well, we know that they're wonderful dogs, but some boxers who are developing <laughs> eye issues, right? So uh, I think it really starts, you were, you're right. Um, it starts with the vet. They have to, uh, probably even uh, the kennel clubs, right? We, they need to have a better standard of just giving out those papers. Um, some of them, well, we know at least here, the kennel club here in the Philippines, they don't need to see the dog. They would. You can just pay for it online, and then you get your dog's papers. So even if they don't see the oh, dog, yeah. so I think just for that something is wrong, and then of course uh, the breeders, and then um, going down to other pet professionals, like the, especially the veterinary uh, community, uh, there should probably um, a little bit more stir in the environment, uh, um, uh, in the community, so we can really get on the same boat and try to understand or at least not give false hope because again we spent a lot of money running the test each time we go to a different clinic they would ask for this test which weren't cheap right Right. so and we end up spending money and it it was actually a good thing for you that you were actually giving that information out of the bat um i think this is it so it just explains the big difference between our knowledge gap between the us at least and at least here in the philippines because you were giving that information right away i think that's dm and there's nothing that we can do for it unless well except maybe try to make the standard of life um, better and at least you weren't given false hope Um, for us the approach was a little bit different they were saying we can fix it. Don't worry. We had cases like this. And by the end of the day, they just won't listen because we think it's different. The feeling of having that false hope because of the misinformation or probably not just misinformation, but there's not a lot of awareness. I'm not surprised that there are more people joining the support group just because it starts with the breeders and then there's not a lot of awareness into it. DNA testing are being done for the heart, for the eyes. I mean, um, I got another golden retriever from Seattle and she's just a really wonderful, wonderful golden retriever breeder. And she's running all these tests, making sure that the lineage is generally healthy. But again, for my dog, Poe, her, his lineage is a little bit sketchy. So, I mean, I didn't really care because I loved him. right? Right. So, um, it's just that we want to, to give more awareness on what to do, right? So um about so how long did the battle to keep Tank um
1: well, still with us
0: less Oh Tank's yeah, still King, with you
1: he's still with us um we we are very close
0: oh. to putting
1: him down. Yeah we have kind of picked a day. Um we wanted to give him another month or so with us. So we're getting close to mm-hmm. the day. Yeah, he's just oh. he's um, completely immobile now. The the his facilities, like when he has to go potty or poopy, is just—it's kind of a—I mean—it's a nightmare for him, and it's a nightmare for for mom and dad as well. So it, it's right now—it's more of a quality of mm-hmm. life thing for him. It's just getting—it's not very good right now. So we're very close. So mm-hmm. like, it'll be um, a little over two years, I think, oh, two and a half years. Sorry like, to hear that that we've gone through this. So wow, I
0: didn't realize that Tank yeah, is still yeah, with he's you, and uh, that's right kind now. of like really good because tank is still with you
1: mm-hmm.
0: right yeah so i'm sending love to tank um <laughs> thank you so much for doing this so i, I i'm not really sure if we if i can say that you're still lucky because you still have time yeah to speak with Tank, um for us, uh, Po uh poe two years ago 2018 and it just so happened so quickly and we weren't ready yeah right so i i think that's a I'm not even really sure if I can call you lucky. But if you were going to be comparing it to how we lost our dog, it was so sudden.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm lucky every day that I wake so up and he's still So I awake. understand
0: the struggles because... <laughs> okay. So I understand the struggles about incontinence. That's a big issue. That's, uh, I think, yeah. what really takes the cake. I mean, you, can't, you couldn't blame them because they just they don't have any them. control. Whereas before that, they would probably be super potty trained and then... I think that also is one reason that at some point you can see the frustration in their eyes saying, I soil myself again and I don't normal. I don't do this. This is not me. So you have to clean it up again. You have to wipe them down and then dry them. So it really just takes a toll on everybody, uh, even with the humans, right? Right.
1: And if like, you have a female dog, All right. so- um, I know that they can get bladder infections really easily with male dogs it's a little bit different because of the anatomy but i know so that the the mommies and daddies of female dogs have it a lot have a lot rougher so oh
0: all right anyway so well thank you so much for sharing your story hopefully we can um, educate a lot more people about the uh, dm And I understand we had a little bit of difficulty with the time difference. But again, thank you so much for sharing this. I would probably try to ask more people and talk about their experience. I'm sending my love to Tank and you're doing a wonderful job keeping him, uh, Mm -hmm. keeping the quality of life uh, for him. Yeah, and I understand um, when the time comes, it would be really hard. But as for you, you're keeping the fight up. So um, I'm saying hats off to you. Uh, you're doing a wonderful job being a uh, pet parent. So I guess from a unaffected pet parent to another, I understand personally how hard it is. And that's why the support group is just super important. I couldn't even express into words sometimes about the heartache that whenever you see your dog look back at you and then they couldn't come to you because they couldn't move their body. That's just really painful, ain't it? It's
1: heartbreaking. Uh,
0: this is going to be a difficult question. I'm sorry if I'm I have to ask this. Okay. Would you consider putting Tank to sleep?
1: We we are we're going to.
0: You're going to, and you have set yeah. a date for that.
1: Uh, we've yeah, we've oh. set um a date, uh, like a roundabout date. We're gonna see if you know what what he's like. Uh, we wanted to give him another month. So probably beginning or middle of July, uh, we we want to take him to the beach a couple more times oh. so,
0: and
1: stuff like that.
0: Right. So yeah, right. we're
1: yeah we're more than like because well with degenerative myopathy as you know they're they're not in pain. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's kind of the hard part. If it was if he was in pain, it'd be easy. You know. Right. But he's not in pain, but he's he's kind of telling us more and more that that he's ready. So now it's just mommy and daddy getting ready. But yeah, we've got a couple things planned for him before he goes, so. All right,
0: so that's very important. The mom and dad need to be ready. Yeah. Because uh, um, as for our our fur babies, our pets, you'd know that maybe they're ready, mm-hmm. right? They will tell you at some point with their glances, the way they look at you. And then maybe uh, at least for, for Poe, he gave up before we decided. So I think that's also the lucky part for us it was him who yeah. made the decision to go. And it was not on our shoulders. So it's a tough call, but uh, again, that's a, that takes a lot of strength, okay? To bring your dog to a vet. I, I had that experience putting my cat before to sleep because she had liver failure and she was in so much pain. She would cry nonstop. And that was, you're right, that was easy. But for this part, you know, they're not feeling pain. And that's the hardest part for it. So I understand. All right. Well, thank you so much. So there you you go. Uh, Jamie, I really appreciate it. uh, Taking the time off to be on the show. Hopefully we can probably do this again together with other pet parents who's undergoing the same condition with their dogs. All right. Thank you so much, Jamie. Thank you. All right you soon with uh, the support bye. group you around all right bye okay, bye all right so that was jamie landers of north carolina with her dog tank so yeah so this is what that is all about thank you jamie for sharing your story and hopefully you learn a lot about uh, what dm is or probably just gave you an idea on what that is and hopefully it will just bring awareness all right, so guys, you can follow us on our YouTube channel, Facebook, and on Instagram. Just key in Doug Coach Francis. You can watch our videos there, like, follow us on our social media pages. And this podcast is also brought to you by Podcast Network Asia. Check their other shows. Um, it's just a lot of content out there. Find one that fits your personality, or if you want to learn something new, go in and then check the other shows. But thank you for following the podcast and, well, like I always say, well, take care, keep healthy, and don't forget to pet your dog. See you next time.